So we're going through the um, Matthew 24, 25. We're talking about the last days. It's it's on people's lips at the moment, and um, it's really good to to see what the Word of God says, and in particular what Jesus says about the last days. And as we look at Matthew 24 today, uh, verses 13 to 27. I was trying to think of something that, um, that kind of was a symbol of what I want to say today. So I've got this. This is a uh, fiberglass rod, and I've got them, several of them in my garage. And it was really hard to get off, as you can see. But um, there's two things about it that make this really good. And one of them is that it's flexible. So when you put weight on it, when you put a surfboard on it, it does bend. You can have other ones like um, steel, reinforcing steel, that does not bend. And so that can put uh, things into your board. Um, there's other things you can use as well. But this is flexible. That's what we're going to talk about. And there's one other thing we want to talk about as well. But let's start with the scripture. Matthew 24 verses 13 to 27. But the one who perseveres to the end will be saved. But the one who perseveres to the end will be saved. Amen. And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a testimony to the nations, to all nations, and then the end will come. So when you see standing in the holy place the abomination of desolation, as described by the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetop come down to retrieve anything from his house. And let no one in the field return for his cloak. How miserable those days will be for pregnant and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not occur in the winter or on the Sabbath. For at that time there will be great tribulation unmatched from the beginning of the world until now and never to be seen again. If those days had not been cut short, no one would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it, for false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders that would deceive even the elect, if that were possible. See, I have told you in advance. So if they tell you, there he is in the wilderness, do not go out. Or here he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For just as the lightning comes from the east and flashes as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. And Lord Jesus, as we open up your scripture today, we ask you, you, your spirit would enlighten it to us for your glory. Amen. So, flexible, flexible. As the last days come upon us, we need to be flexible in two ways. First one is this, expect movement. Expect movement. Verse 16, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. 
Let no one on the housetop come down to retrieve anything from his house. And let no one in the field return for his cloak. You know, in the last days, we need to have in our minds, in our hearts, that we might need to move, might need to go elsewhere. Have a movement mentality. If the Lord says you're on your way, you're on your way. Uh, Because we don't stay and get martyred. Jesus didn't say that. He didn't say, you know, just hang in there and and let them chop off your head. He didn't say that. He says, when they come against you, uh, go on to the next town. Flee. You know, uh, if you're on the rooftop, they even wonder, because they had flat roofs, that it's referring to just run across roofs to get away. Uh, Move. And the other way we're different is we don't fight. So the Jewish nationalists, when they had different oppressors, at times they would form rebel armies and try to fight it out, had disastrous consequences. So we don't stay and get martyred. We don't um, duke it out. We don't take up arms, but we flee. Acts chapter 7, after the first wave of persecution, the Christians fled to different areas. And Jesus had said that. He says in Matthew 28, you go out into the world and make disciples. Now the Holy Spirit had come, Acts 2. But they were still there. <laughs> they were still there in town. They hadn't gone anywhere. And it wasn't until the persecution came that they were forced to go out. And this is one of the incredible ways that the gospel has spread, that as Christians have got their beans, they have spread out to different parts of the globe and taken the gospel with them. Be ready to move. might happen. In our heads and our hearts, we need that suppleness, that flexibility, that agility. This world is not my home. This world is not my home. I'm a citizen of heaven. This world is not my home, and there's some wonderful things that we can have, we can experience, but this world is not my home. This world is not your home. We are citizens of heaven. We're pilgrim people on mission. As we're starting out, I remember one of our supporters had a verse from uh, the Psalms, and it was about being pilgrim people, and she said this to us. You know, actually, we actually don't like being pilgrim people. We like being stay still people, settled people. But in our hearts and our minds, actually, we need to be pilgrim people. Uh, Salvation Army get it. They get it. Sally officers, they get that. You know, they move, uh, Sally officers, they move sometimes every two or or four or at most, I think, about five years. Um, Glenn France, one of the vineyard pastors, he was... Uh, first, he was a Salvation Army officer of sixth generation. So for six generations, his family had been Sally's. And he said one time they were in church, I think it was in Palmy, and someone had been there 20-something years, and they were having a farewell, and people were wailing and crying. and, blah, blah, blah. and He didn't get it. Like, what, what's that about? Like, if the army says move, move. 
<laughs> if God says move, move. Expect movement. Uh, ex- be flexible. Second one, be flexible. Expect mission. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. All the world to all the nations. Isn't that saying the same thing? Not really. Uh, The world has the idea of inhabited places. So go into all the inhabited places, like political countries, and nations has the idea of, um, uh, the word is ethnicin, means ethnic groups. So for instance, our country in Africa, Burkina Faso, one country but had 70 distinct language ethnic groups. So go into all the nations because um, different ethnicities are different, because cultures are different. We need to be flexible in that and taking the gospel. Even subcultures, there's subcultures within cultures. And so to, to take the gospel to cultures and subcultures, we need to be flexible. I remember um, as a young person, I went to the Philippines just for six weeks and um, remember talking to a missionary and uh, he was saying for discipleship, you know, standard thing in discipleship, you come to the Lord and they say you need to read the Bible and pray to God and a good time to do that is early in the morning. Have a quiet time. And uh, our missionary friend, Ian, he's, he said, um, that actually doesn't work in the Philippines because for one, uh, it's never quiet. In the slums, it's never quiet. There's always noise, always fighting, always animals, uh, always things going on. And for secondly, people are never alone. There's so many people, and they do not expect to be alone. I remember walking down the street, and, and um, people just kept asking, um, where is your companion? You always go somewhere with someone. And so he said, what, what we do for discipleship, we'll meet um, three or four or five times a week, in groups, and study the Bible and pray together like that. So you need to be flexible in different people groups. One size doesn't fit all. So we need to be flexible. But the other great thing about this, and um, to do with um, what was sung by the Spirit and worship today, we need to be strong. This is strong. It can take a huge amount of weight, actually. So it's an incredible combination of flexibility and strength. Strength. And uh, strength in four ways. First one, strength in the word of God. Verse 15. So when you see standing in the holy place, the abomination of desolation described by the prophet Daniel... Let the reader understand. Jesus is saying, if you know the scripture from Daniel, you will know what I'm talking about. If you know know the scripture, you've read it. If you know it, you know what I'm talking about. And so we need to know the scripture. We need to know the scriptures. I talked a few months ago about the wisdom pyramid. So much foolish around these days. The Bible calls it folly. And it talked about the wisdom pyramid, like the old food pyramid of the 90s. And the bottom rung 
of what we need the most of, eat the most of, is the Word of God. That helps us get wise, be wise, the Word of God. In a silly age, read Scripture, understand it, memorize it maybe. Uh, sit under the uninterrupted exposition of God's Word. Preaching, that helps. It's still used by God. Still a tool of God. Be strong in the Word of God. Um, you know, the way they train people to spot counterfeits is not to study counterfeits, but to study the real thing. Uh, I read this little thing about how they train people to find counterfeits. And uh, it was Canadian Bank, and what they're doing is they say four things. They touch it, they tilt it, uh, they look through it, and they look at it. Touch it, tilt it, look through it, look at it. And they get to know, they see different things, and, they, and that's through the real thing. And when you know the real thing, and you see a counterfeit, you know, that's not the real thing. That's not true. So when we know the scripture, the word of God, that helps us, we can tell what is counterfeit, which, that which is false. So know the real thing. Don't get, don't get worried about the counterfeits. There's heaps of them. They keep making them up. But know the real thing. Touch it, tilt it, look at it, look through it. <laughs> If you know scripture, you can spot uh, false teaching. Verse 15, the abomination of desolation. So this refers to this horrible thing that's inside, actually, the temple of God. And it happened, actually, about 200 years before Jesus. Uh, 167 BC, the Greek king Antiochus IV. In retribution against Jewish rebellion, he came in and he set up an altar right in the midst of the temple and sacrificed there, pagan offerings. And then it repeated itself in AD 70. So Jesus is saying, you know, you know your history. You know what happened back there. You know what Daniel wrote about back in those days. If you start to see that happening again, flee, run. Get out of there. And many Christians in AD 70, about 40 years after this, their lives were saved because they could see history repeating and they remembered the words of Jesus. It's happening again. Get out of there. Know the word of God. Be strong in the word of God. Secondly, be strong in your truth convictions. Be strong in in your truth convictions, verses 23 and 25. That time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs, false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders that would deceive even the elect if that were possible. See, I've told you in advance, verse 26. So if they tell you that he is in the wilderness, do not go out. Or here he is in the inner rooms. Do not believe it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because false messiahs and false prophets will come. 
They will say and teach terrible untruths. And and if you don't know what you stand for, if you don't stand for anything in particular, you'll fall for everything. You'll swallow everything if you don't know what you stand for. So be strong in your convictions of what is true. You know, for instance, the Jehovah's Witness teach that Jesus returned secretly in 1914, and now he's reigning in heaven. No, he didn't. That's not true. His return will be as easy to see, verse 27, as a lightning in the sky. It's not, he's not going to appear secretly. That's not true. He did not appear in 1914. Jesus did not come back in 1914. He's still coming back. And you'll see it clear as day, clear as lightning. Be strong in your truth convictions. Third one, be strong in the waiting, verse 27. For just as the lightning comes from the east and flashes as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Son of Man, that was Jesus' favorite self-description. It's taken from the book of Daniel. It's a messianic title. Uh, a title that means the rescuer, that rescuer the Jews were waiting for. It's a rescuer that we're waiting for, the Messiah. And so there's all sorts of false claimants out there, false prophets, false messiahs, and we can get impatient waiting, eh? Just been waiting and waiting. It's been years, and he's still not back. Well, be strong in the waiting. Be patient. Be strong in the waiting. And sometimes we get impatient and we grab on to any Messiah. Someone who looks like a Messiah, seems to be doing good things. AD 132-136. There was another revolt against the Romans. And this one was led by Simon bar Kokhba. And he had the initial success against the Romans. And some people went out to him out into the desert to join him. And the Jews, some of them were starting to call him the Messiah. The Christians refused to call him Messiah. And they could see the problem looming again. The Romans sent um, legions to the fight. They came in from Egypt and other places. The historian Josephus said around 580,000 Jews were killed in that Uprising, more killed to hunger and disease, others sold into slavery. You know, political or military messiahs cannot save you. Only Jesus can save you. Don't put your trust in false messiahs, whether it's a military leader, political leader, whatever sort of messiah, don't put your trust in them. Wait patiently for Jesus. He is our only messiah. And he will come back. And it won't be hidden. And he won't be holed up secretly out in the desert somewhere or in in an inner room. It'll be easy to see, like lightning from the sky. And even if some political figure excites you, excites us, produces some changes you like, they are not the Messiah. Only Jesus is the true Messiah. It's curious. Why did the German people with such a great heritage of strong faith put their hope in Adolf Hitler? 
it's, it's kind of strange, but they were, they were poor the 19, from the 1920s on, and they were hungry and they were humiliated after World War I, and Hitler started to turn that around. Jobs, food, pride again. But he was not their Messiah. Only Jesus is the Messiah. No political figure, military figure can take that role. Be strong in your waiting. And lastly, be strong in your identity as the elect. As the elect. You are in Christ. Your identity in the elect, the chosen ones. The original word is electos, the elected, the special ones, the chosen ones, the followers of Jesus. Verse 22, but for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Verse 24, great signs and wonders that would deceive even the elect, if that were possible. The elect of God, the elect of Jesus, your identity is in that. That is primarily who you are. That is your main identity, nothing else. We can, we can, we can put it in something else, but it, it's, it's, it's substandard. It's not the best. You can put it in wealth, but wealth can come and go. It can, it can even warp you at times. Youth does not last, neither beauty. Don't put your identity into your youth or beauty don't put it in your experience or intelligence or education or achievements because that can get out of date, can easily be overridden by the next person and you end up, uh, particularly in your achievements, reveling in uh, boring stories of glory days. You know, even Christian achievements, don't put your identity into in that. There's a great... Um, uh, German by the name of Nikolaus Zindendorf. He was a founder of the Moravians. Lived from 1700 to 1760. Um, sent out missionaries all over the place. And he said this, preach the gospel, die, and be forgotten. <laughs> preach the gospel, die, and be forgotten. Don't put your identity in your achievements. Don't put it in culture. You know, culture is not as solid as is often described. Culture changes. Uh, one of our French uh, friends, old French man called Mr. Monsieur Frappoli, he was, um, we'd go around to his house, a beautiful older couple, and um, he'd, he try and teach us French. And uh, one time I remember he was saying, you know, the way people um, kiss on the cheeks, that didn't used to happen. He says, um, when he was a young man, that didn't used to happen. He says, the young people have really um, brought that into common usage because, you know, sometimes you two or down south of the street and down uh, in the city Paris, they'll do four. <laughs> He said that, that, didn't, that didn't used to happen. Culture changes. I remember doing anthropology in at Victoria University, and we in our class we had different cultures, and one uh, Samoan guy, he was uh, born in Samoa, but 
um, living in New Zealand now. And the lecturer asked, uh, how, do, how would you describe your identity in Samoa? And he says, well, in Samoa, it's dependent on what village or what family you come from. But in New Zealand, I'm a Samoan. See, so identity changes depending on, on who or where you are. Um, Matariki. Uh, Sharon and I are doing a te reo course at the moment, and our tutor, we were, we were talking about and I says, um, like, when you were growing up, when we were growing up, Matariki didn't used to be a thing. And what about you? He said, nah. We said, well, um, what about your mum? He said, nah. Um, but culture is not solid. Culture changes. And our identity cannot be in culture, in experience, in achievements, in intelligence, youth, wealth, anything else. As followers of Jesus, our identity is being in Christ primarily. That is who we are. We are the elect. We've been chosen sons, daughters of the Most High. That is who we are. That's what gives us strength. That is our foundation, being part of the elect, of something that lasts forever, forever. It's eternal. Amen? Amen. That is who we are.